Welcome to track number four of Obedience Unto Death. There are some people who think I have a certain car. It's somebody's car that I use. Because <laughs> anytime, anytime I'm going to preach, I don't use my own car. Well, I don't want people to know my car. My car is an old car. It's the same car that all my people use. I also have one. I don't want people to see my car, so I go with someone. So they say, oh, your white car. So, <laughs> 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 one day I was going somewhere with some uh, I think with Bishop Nick and some others and I called a lady who has a Benz in the church I said oh, drive us so we're driving and I said oh this is my driver this is my madam so and so but unfortunately she denied me <laughs> oh, she didn't really deny me but I was facing her after that. She denied me. But she didn't deny me. Don't worry. But I'm blessed. I can drive any car. So I don't respect cars. But most people in the world respect cars. They will do everything for a car. But there was a time that I respected cars. I myself can see that. That respect. That I had for cars. Has gone. The more I go into God, yeah. People ask me why where I stay. Because where I stay is not the best area. It's very far from the best area. It's in the opposite direction of the best area. Do <laughs> you understand? Why don't I stay? But one guy called my wife and said, I just want to ask something. You know, why why do you stay where you stay? Why do you stay away? We know you are the bishop of what well, people see our church as a rich church. Why, why do you stay, you and Bishop? Why do you stay there? The more they say, the more I am now more permanently there. I <laughs> <laughs> see the course of the world with respect certain things. Do you understand? Yeah. And that's what we have to break out of that holding pattern. The, the world's way of doing things and running after things. When you break that thing in your life, you will never have to live in London. It's the cause of the world that tells you that London is better than Jamaica. Or London is better than Nigeria. Or London is better than Uganda. It's the, the, the whole world it's pattern that London is better than here, it's better than here, it's better than here, it's better than here. Until you can obey God, eh? You will never know that actually there are a thousand places far better than London. Far! But until your heart is ready to be obedient to God, you cannot know, you cannot receive. That's why sometimes you see people who live. And who come and who go to play, they look so strange. You say, hey, hey, so what are you doing? Where are you? What are you? Where is, what do you earn? Many of the people, and for instance, to work in a church, do you see, is another pattern of the world. To work in a bank is far better than to work in a church. Yeah? To work in a bank is far higher than to work in a church. 
And I have people, you know, when they, are, when they were leaving their banks and so on to come and work, for me they say, ah, so you, what, what are they offering you? You know, and the people at the bank will be bored with them. So what, what are they offering you? We are not offering them anything. We are offering them nothing. In fact, we are rather offering them. Sometimes when people come for interviews, we in the church, we are intimidated. Because when they mention their salary, we say, hey, millions. People earn money. People earn a lot of money. They will mention that sometimes you mention the person is earning seven times what? I mean, the salary the person is earning is times seven of what he's coming to, to earn. And then we we will humbly present our own. Ours is divided by seven. Do you like it? (laughs) Uh, And people want it. That's why I said that I have I have nine doctors, medical, and five lawyers. Chartered. As for the chartered, I have some more chartered professionals. I have people with foreign citizenship. Oh yeah. Foreign citizens. Not Guinean citizens. Foreign citizens. I have people in villages who have multiple visas to the UK. They are in villages. Multiple visas to the UK. Multiple to America. They are in villages. I've sent them to villages. Yeah. We, you see, the cost, the pattern of the world eh, is very different from obeying God. And once you are, you, you are able to break the pattern of the world, usually you are working in, diso- in obedience. I'm not saying that every time you have to be different from the world, but usually obeying God sets you in a different mode, in a different pattern. But it takes faith to see to be able to walk into it and see what is there. That is, there is something great and something good in it. And that's why, as I went to uh, Trinidad, I met uh, David, Yemesh, Kofi, Leslie, uh, Pastor Robert, Avita, Pastor Tu, Pastor Joyce, uh, who else was there? Collins, and so on. I met happy people. I met joyful people. I met people who were explaining to me who, were, who, were, who have understood the ministry more than I have understood it. And I was happy. But I was a bit apprehensive. I will not lie to you. I was wondering, these guys, are they really sure they are happy to be here? But they seem to be more happy. And they, they feel that many of you must come. Must go. You don't know what you, are, you have or what you don't have. Do you see? Yeah, and I was happy. And I said, I'm going to send more. I'm moving to desert campaign. And they were saying, hey, it is good we came early. Oh, this desert. Sudan, Mauritania, Chad, Niger, Mali, Congo. 
we are going. We will go. Because the spirit of the world has been taken out of us. And the pattern where we follow the world and the cause, the cause, the cause of the world. We have broken out of it. We're going to follow the cause of Christ. I am so different from most of my colleagues with whom I sat in class with. My life is so different. They can't understand me. They don't understand. But a few of them, one of my med- medical mates, I told him my life is better than yours. He said it is true. Your life is far better than my life. Yeah. He answered a lot of money. But you see, if they tell you sit under this tree, we'll give you one million dollars every year. But only you have to sit under this tree till you are 63. If you will be 63. After a while, you sit on a tree and say, yeah, now I have 14, 13 million, 14 million, 15 million, but I'm still under the tree. What is the use of all these million when I'm under this tree? This the, my life is finishing right before my eyes. At the time you are set free from the tree, you have no more desire. You look at a beautiful girl and you say, ah, is the use of all these beautiful people when all desires for me have left me. That's why I believe in being happy for every moment. Don't plan for a future happiness moment. This is it. Those of you who are quarreling, constantly quarreling, planning to have peace later, this is happiness. This is happiness. What do you think? This is happiness. Be happy now. What do you think? Is it a good idea? Be happy. Every moment that is good, make the most of it. Be happy in it. When you are beloveds, be happy. Be happy as beloveds. When you can't have sex, be happy that you can't have sex. Because a day will come when you have sex and you say that, that this thing crap. It's now becoming difficult. (laughs) I am sweating too much. (laughs) Which doctor, which lawyer will leave his lucrative profession? And not follow the road of his lucrative profession. Unless the Lord has met him. And redirected him. And he is able to take the first step. Yeah. I tell you. He's able to take the first step. By the course of this world. You will never. You will never. That's why. You will never sound intelligent and clever to the world. That's why your friends in the world must be fewer and fewer and fewer. Yeah, if you, if you like, be close to those secular friends in the university, secular friends in your job, you will look more foolish than ever. More. Look, I don't want to lie to you. I am saying something clearly to you that day. If what I'm preaching to you works, you will never work in the secular world in some years to come. You never work in the secular. You work in the ministry when you wake up in the morning till you put till you sleep in the evening. Your work 
in terms of what your life is directed towards will only be one thing. God and that ministry. No matter what you learnt in school and no matter who your colleagues are and no matter what your parents say, yeah, that will be your life. And even if you work in a secular field, it will be because it's very important for you to work in the secular field so that the ministry can go on. Yeah? Because some people have to do it. Like our pastors in uh, Switzerland and so on. They have to be there because they will never, Switzerland will never give you a stay to stay there. For as a pastor, never. You need to find some way of staying there legally. And that's why I see most of the countries in Europe, many of the Ghanaians and Nigerians and all, they are just there doing, telling lies, marrying people. Their lives are mixed. And that's, why, that's one of the reasons why we don't have many churches there. Because most of the people are so corrupted by having to tell lies, doing drugs, marrying somebody, doing this, doing different things. You know, so in London, there are more legal people here. You see, and really to have a good foundation as a pastor, you must tell the truth. Yeah. You can't be somebody who is, your whole life is confused with lies and I mean, so many illegal things. You are staying with somebody, doing this, a warrior. What, what do they call, do they still, do they still do this marriage thing? Or it's gone down? It's gone down. Why has it gone down? Investigate more. Yeah. You have to do what? Yeah. I have to go back and marry there. That's it. Yeah. So a son of this. So you see somebody, a person is maybe very high in his profession or in his school or doing whatever and not knowing that when the angels look down from heaven, they say, look at the son of disobedience. He's respected so much in his bank. He's respected so much at his workplace. He's one of the sons of disobedience who never turned away from the course of the world to start obeying me. He's lived it out and he's receiving praises every day. Receiving congratulations, receiving, I mean, encouragement from the world. One of my friends, he was leaving a, uh, an airline. He was coming to work in a church. And the, the white people called him. And they said, we are going to make you the whatever of West Africa. We are going to do this for you. We are going to be this. We are going to be that. And he said, the Lord asked him a question. Do you want to hear these words? He said, you are one of the best we have. And he said, the Lord asked him a question. Do you want to hear these words from these people? Or do you want to hear these words from me? Who do you want to hear those words from? God or people? Amen. May you rise in the ministry in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, everybody, for a moment. Lift your hands to the Lord. Thank God for a new pattern of obedience. Beautiful.
Many want to change your category to become a child of disobedience. Disobedience, obedience. The key is your first obedience. 
Amen. I said the key to becoming a son of obedience is your first obedience. The first time and the first major obedience in Christ and in him huh, sets you on a course that is easier to follow thereafter. What do you think? Are you getting the revelation? You've got it. You run with it. Great. Ben, what do you think? Isn't it? First one, after that it will be, you wonder what you were waiting for. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Everything that looks distant and far and impossible in terms of God and in the ministry will become nearer and nearer and nearer and nearer. You know? It's amazing. I, I remember when I was standing by Pastor Benny, Benny Hinn. You know? I, I was amazed that I was, the, I was standing by him. How many would be amazed if you were standing by him? Yeah. Yeah. I was amazed. I said, ah, is it me? And I have learned from experience not to go near men of God or introduce yourself to men of God or try to see them, try to talk to them, or try to take pictures with them. I've learned from experience not to do that. Oh yeah. I don't do it at all. So even though I was sitting at the next table, you get it? I was facing here and he was sitting behind the next table, facing. But he kept asking. And the pastor who was sitting by him said, I'm sitting by him, but he's asking about you. He's not interested in me, but he's interested in you. Yeah. So when they came to tap me on my back and I turned around, I said, "Ah." what am I doing here? And suddenly I found myself talking to him. And then afterwards talking to him more. And after talking to him more and waiting. And when I was going, he was hugging me. He said, you know, I feel as if I've known you for a long time. Hey! I was surprised at where I was. And as I was walking out of the room, he called to me and said, brother, God, bye, God bless you. He's coming to us. I said, hey, is it a marvelous thing? Now, as you walk on a certain road there, what looks so far will become so near. Hey, hey, <laughs> oh, yes. Trust him for your first obedience. Irene, what do you think? Trust him for your first obedience. I'm not talking about giving your life to Christ. You have given your life to Christ already. I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm talking about in Christ, breaking the pattern of the prince of the air, of the course of the world, and coming to a new pattern, new holding pattern, where you stay in the realm of obedience. It's amazing. You'll get nearer and nearer to what looks so distant. 
Is there anybody who would like to be close to me? Would you like to be close to me? Would you like to be my friend? You sure? <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about how to be close to somebody. Yeah. How to become close to someone. How many want to know that? Yeah. In fact, the Bible teaches how to be close to an important person. If the person is important in your... Everybody is important. To some people, you are precious. To some people, you are rubbish. In fact, one brother was telling me, he said, he said, the things people say about you, you are like this, you are like this, you are like... I mean, bad things. He said, he said to me, about three days ago, he said to me, look, if you hear yourself being talked about, you will not recognize yourself. <laughs> That's what he told me. He said, you will not recognize that it's you. You'll be amazed. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. Why did I tell you that? How to be close. So I'm saying that to say that to some people you are rubbish. To some people you are precious. It's like that. But if you want to be close to somebody, do you see? Genuinely close. Eh? You know how? Listen carefully. Don't forget this one. James and John said, we want to sit on your right. We want to sit on your left. How? Jesus said, can you drink the cup? Can you be baptized with the baptism? If you start to drink the same cup that somebody is drinking from, you will be close to the person. You you will now be qualified to sit down by his right hand side. And you'll be qualified to sit by his left. But if you don't drink that cup, but you just watch the cup, you watch it on TV, you hear about it, you listen to tapes about it, but you don't drink it, you will not be sitting, welcome to sit on the left or on the right. That's why Pastor Obi told me that he feels closer to me now that he's in Kenya than when he was in London. Even though he used to, sometimes he used to come to the airport, come to see me up more. And he was one of the close people here in London. I was always seeing him. And so I said that now that he's in Kenya, he's, he feels himself close. I said, yeah, because, you see, me, as you see me here, even no matter what I have, I've given up my life to the ministry. You see, I'm not securing myself. You are securing yourself. You are not drinking the cup that I'm drinking. Yeah, we are different. A lay pastor can never be clo- as close to me as a full-time pastor. And even the full-time pastor, unless your full-time ministry is with a certain mind, you'll never be close to me in a certain way. Because when I say certain things, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Because the cup that I'm drinking from, you don't understand even, you don't even understand, you haven't bought one before. Yeah. And then the taste. So when you when I drink like that, my mother and then you are asking me, why have you made your mouth like that? The reason I've made my mouth mm, like that is because I'm drinking something which you have never drank and you don't know about. You can only imagine and theorize about. Yeah. What do you think? It's great. I said it's great. 
Can you be baptized? You see, to drink is to take what you take. But to be baptized is that they will take you. And you will be put through things. What have you been through? What have you survived? One time I was wondering, why is it that I am able to sit with certain people? Like I remember one time I was sitting with Ray Macaulay. You know Ray Macaulay in South Africa? And he was talking to me about so many things. He talked freely about so many things. And sometimes I talk with uh, Bishop Nick freely about so many things. And I realize, and then they, they seem happy to talk to me and want to talk to me more. And the reason is because I've also been through certain things in the ministry. See, that's what can make you close to somebody. But when you have not been through, don't, you don't even understand. You get it? Are you there? Are you there or you've not arrived? Yeah. Amen? What have you been through? What have you survived? It's just like a saying now, but it actually means something. <laughs> so let's drink the cup together. Then, and let's be baptized into something together. You, they've never criticized you. How can you be close to me? Somebody who has not been criticized before. How can you be close to me who has been criticized so much? Do you see? You've never been accused of anything before. How can you be close to me who have been accused of almost everything that can be done? How can you be close to me? You'll never be close to me. Because when they accuse me, you will say in your head, you will say openly, but in your head, you will say, there's no smoke without fire. You say there's no smoke without fire. Why are they always saying this? There must be some fire somewhere. Ah. Hallelujah. So that's how to be close. Do you see? But why did we talk about how to be close? It's good anyway, huh? Your first obedience to bring you closer. Amen. Now, in a church, okay, are you there? Are you there? We have two, always these people, two of them, obedient and disobedient. Isn't it? So don't just follow people that are in the church. And usually when there are when there's these two options, you usually have churches of disobedience and churches of obedience. Members of obedience and members of disobedience. Mercy. Abel and Cain. Yeah. They were both sons. 
<laughs> yeah. One was a son of obedience and one was a son of disobedience. What do you think? Huh? All in the church. May you never be a son of disobedience. What do you think? David and Saul. David and Saul. All of them were kings. One was a king of disobedience. Another was a king of obedience. Is that not so? Yeah. You can see clearly how they end up as in the wrath of God. And these are the two choices. But I don't know, but I want to be a son of obedience. I want obedience to be associated with me. What do you think? How many are ready to start your first obedience? It's going to be powerful. God is going to be happy with you. What do you think? Yeah. God is going to be very happy with you. And when you start, eh, you never stop. Even when you fall, the grace of God will be there. Because you see, there are types of fallers. There are types of fallings. There are sincere God lovers who fall. You see, and as they fall, they are crying. Oh God, save me. You see, and God saves them, like David. And there are those who are disobedient and they also fall. More. Do you get it? So, be a son of disobedience. Then they have the prodigal son and the elder son. These are these two guys. Mercy. One who just went in a different direction. And another stayed at home with his father and just flowed. No, don't say that he's self-righteous. He stayed in the house. He stayed at home. Church. When when we were in Ghana, recently we had these pastors from America. They came around. And he said he came to Ghana in 1962. To Boku. Have you heard those? Boku. And his friend's son, it was Christmas Day 25th, and he said, today is Jesus' birthday. Some people should be saved. Let's do something for Christmas. In Boku in 1962. The pastor was telling him, he said, I said, how did you get to Boku? He said, we drove. He said, there was no road. He said, we, have, we had a, 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 a saw in the car, an axe. We'll be going on the Kumasi road. You get down, there'll be a tree in the way. You get down and you hack the tree until you break the tree. Then you move it out. Then you continue to Kumasi. 